Welcome to Proof Beyond Reason. <laughs> yeah. Proof, proof, proof beyond reason. Uh, we are coming back at you. This is, uh, you know, you can call me. I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. You can call me Lord Suave. That's with that's with the X in the middle. You can call me Religion Man. We got Mike the Baptist. Yo. And we got Geology with us. Let's go. And this is another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. Uh, dang. Where I was were you last week, one homie? week. I was gone for one week. And as I was listening, I just felt like I missed a whole month. Absolutely. You I did. felt like I missed a whole month. And then we took a quick break. So I was really gone for a whole month. That's how I felt. About like three weeks. Dang, yeah. you guys are making me feel bad. Man. Yeah. I mean, he's just not active in this pursuit. <laughs> like he's just not about he's not about this. No, but we uh definitely super excited to be back, man. Super excited to be today, here. Today, today is the first today's the first showdown with McGregor and 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 Mayweather. Today is the first showdown. I've been watching every video. I've been watching they every video. They got in the Jets. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Zupa flight. Wait, 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 wait. G doesn't G is the okay. So real quick, is G is the anomaly? So I don't want anomalies. Okay, I want everyone to know. All right, everyone, everyone. Mm. No, but you already know McGregor and Mayweather. You know who Mayweather is. He doesn't money know. Mayweather. He's a boxer. He knows Zelda. Forty nine and zero. Zelda. He beat Zelda in a one on one fight, <laughs> and he didn't use his fist. You know what I'm saying? He karate kicked him. He used his checkbook. You know? No. All right, but uh, so yeah, they have a stare off today. Yeah, today is the five o'clock. Yeah. So we've already oh, missed it's done. it. Yeah. But hey, we can we can watch it on YouTube. That's what that's for. And talking about YouTube, you guys can hit us up on YouTube. We are on YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, if there was MySpace, we'd be on MySpace. But since there's not, it got swallowed Technic- up by Facebook. Technically, MySpace is still kind of there. It is. So Justin you Timberlake want, was trying to push it. That's what I'm saying. So if you guys want, we could throw on a, a MySpace real quick. We can bring it back. We'll bring it back. <laughs> uh, you can hit us up with any of your questions at all if you want to hear about uh, a certain topic discussion that we can bring up. Again, we're we're viewing things and looking at things from a very general sense, trying to look at it in every way. But at the same time, we we do come from a background of, of theism, of being Christian. So if you guys have anything at all, any sort of subjects, hit us up at proofbeyondreason at gmail.com, our Facebook account, our everything. And address it to geology. That's it. We're going to put all the pressure for him to answer. Everything is on him. got to be. No religion man and no Mike the Baptist. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're super excited. Today is, we're talking about our identity. Who are you? Who Who are you? I don't know. Do I even know you guys? Like, do I really know you? I am not from this world. I'm an alien, man. I remember people saying that I was an alien. Yeah, I'm like, fam, yeah. come on, shut you up. You ain't no dang alien. You can't play man. ball. You ain't nothing. You can play ball, son. <laughs> so, again, the identity. Let's jump into this, man. So, we're talking about the topic of identity. Identity. And uh, and how that relates to who we are. So, how how is it that we find out who we are? Is Is that the right definition to say... That that would be what identity is, who we are. Who are you? Who are you, Gio? So when I ask you, who are you, what would you say? I would say I'm a human being made into the image of God. Most people, I think if you say, who are you, you they would say like, you know, I'm, probably a, start with name I'm a basketball player. I'm a, I'm a construction worker. <laughs> That's that first thing they always say at like interviews or like when you first get a group together, like, and they're like, okay, so let's go around the room. And everybody's got to say who they are. Five things about you. That's when they get they that. They start with age. And yeah, they're name. like, so my name is Gio. I'm a 26 year old. I'm 26. I write. And uh, my nickname sometimes is Geology. This is the most I've spoken in a year. <laughs> and, but <laughs> so knowing that, and I think that's accurate, that 
people mm-hmm. would say their job, what it is that they do for their job is a portion of who they are. Like, I'm a basketball player. I'm a writer. I'm an author. That's probably going to come up. Yep. Um, I, I am a store manager. I, so, so the things you do or your accomplishments or is whatever. Is part of that. Yeah, it, it, it essentially defines you or you use it as to, a means to yeah. define you. Yeah. So we can be defined by what we do for a living. But then there's also things outside of that that define us. Uh, Gio, you mentioned it. Your age um, can define people in many different ways. Uh, when you get to a point where you think that I've heard people say, well, I'm about to go out the door, so I'm just going to let it all go. I'm a, Or I'm reaching that 40 mark. Mm. And so they look at themselves completely differently than they did the year before. Now that's a part of their identity. Right. And uh, I think that the gender talk that everybody talks about is one. There's more. Where you're from. Yeah. You know, I'm Puerto Rican. Like. Or, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you rep that Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. I got the, ba- the bandana. The, the bandera. whatever. La bandera de Puerto Rico. Ahí mi bolsillo. Yeah. Chilling, bro. Like, yo. That's it. That's who, that's who we are. And. You, you see that in high school. You're like, yo, that's the Puerto Rican crew right yeah. there. And they and separate between, like, cliques and right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's cool, too, to to under, to look at when we're talking about identity because in high school, that's how we saw each other. At certain points, it wasn't just popularity because that was one, one category that we can be categorized in, but a lot of it was that. Like, you, you had you your were a smart kid, you were... You had your glasses and your pocket protectors, and you hung out over here. You had the goss all blacked out over there. The football players, the football, all the jocks, here. the thugs, the the wannabe thugs, because there was a click for them. There's a lot of them. A lot. <laughs> my, my my brother <laughs> says that wannabe thugs make the world uh, balanced. Uh, <laughs> But you could see the how I, is I, that I, even? I don't know. <laughs> I, I still don't understand it. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. But you, you're able to see that these things uh, are a part of what what we bring together to categorize our identity. So we have what we do, um, where we're from, our age, our gender, our financial situation. Hey. You know, do you own a home? Do you rent? You know, when you're hanging out with a bunch of people that are homeowners and then suddenly you're a renter, you feel maybe different. a little bit different. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm or renting. You could, and uh, I guess eventually who you are, this identity is going to pour out into how you interact and react with people as well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you have that, that credit score, that home, you're going to end up maybe feeling like you might be a little better than somebody. Yeah. And that bougie yeah. word, that prideful word, those... Well, I hold a master's degree and yeah, whatever, yeah. or That's PhD. My, uh, my sister, if she's, she might listen to this for sure, uh, but I know there was a point in time in her life that those degrees were... were so much a part of an identity for her um just like her who she was like as it was it that was like if you had to weigh them all out that was 80 percent of like who a person could be and that happens that's I mean, it could go the other way, too. Like, you know, uh, I make just as much money as you, but I didn't step foot into college. So I'm smarter than you. I'm more effective than you in life because I didn't, I didn't have to, to go through. Yeah, I didn't have to go through any yeah. of the debt or those headaches. And I make just as much money as you do. Yeah, so yeah. I and see I, that in the forums a lot. A lot of people, they're automatically, when I combat them head to head, theologically or intellectually, they'll just be like, oh, where school do you go to or what degree do you have? And I just like, that, that's it. Yeah, that's logical. You don't have fallacy, that. You're yeah. like, oh, you don't have. Oh, you're not. OK, yeah, never mind. What you're saying has no relevance. Yeah, yeah. No. That's a fallacy, as we all know. Yeah. We don't have to come from a certain school or a certain degree in order for your word to mean something. Right. Or, or, or if you do have it, yeah. I mean, fantastic. We want to yeah. hear yeah. from you. We want to yeah, dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't elevate more than the person that didn't. Yeah, as in far certain as, t- in yeah, certain yeah, yeah, contexts, right. absolutely. If he's having a conversation with somebody, 
and I could see where that could be, uh, where they would use that. Well, I think there's more weight if someone has, like Chris. Chris came on the show last week. Uh, he's He holds a PhD, so if he's going to speak on a topic that he's a research Studied expert in, research, I mean, yeah. his, he's going to have much more weight than me yeah, having the it. experience. Yeah. But a, as far as, let's say, you sit him at a different table, then that's wrong. You know, that's that's you're, you're suddenly creating division based on that and that's yeah. not cool you know what i'm saying like but but my ability to contribute to society can be equivalent to someone who has those degrees or has the the job title or whatever it is it doesn't it shouldn't mm-hmm. alter someone's worth and i think ultimately that's what identity is it's what is your value what is the value you put on yourself what is the value people put on you and 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 what you're contributing to whatever the circumstances that's essentially your identity so going deeper that how did i find the value that i put on myself and i think that happens as we grow up culturally Mm -hmm. um as we go up with our parents well the home you were brought up in the the different ideologies that you were taught as you grow up and and the different methods that you were taught as you grow up those all played a part in now Mike, Ivan, or Gio figuring out who our worth is. Because the moment I had my daughter like that, like there was like this crazy transfer of worth that now I'm really not working for myself or doing things for myself in a future sense. Like I had to reevaluate all of that because I'm now working for this little being that can't take care of herself at all and mm-hmm. needs her dad and needs her mom and so so who how do we find these things out and can we change them the other day i was with my wife and we were talking about um you know how we like like not intentionally start to put worth and identity in where our daughter is in her stage of growth like she's only 10 months old but as she grows and as she as she grows and as she as she's developing we're seeing that there's certain stages in which she's advancing like wow like so fast and then other stages she may not be moving along as much as other kids but it's relative based on the child like it's not a there's no streamlined process to it it's you know and but we find ourselves when we're when we're when we ha- when we're proud and we're excited we share information but then we could be we could be like messing up with somebody else so for example um you know ivan was just asking me a few minutes ago what is my daughter eating and i said you know she's eating fruit and vegetables and she eats every kind of vegetable and um and i can kind of glow in that because i'm like yeah you know there, there was one time you know uh, people's trying to give her uh, something that's not a fruit or vegetable and she rejected it and i was like yeah that's right you know uh that's not real food anyway blah blah, blah. you know and, and just creating suddenly is things subconsciously like not intentionally at all mm-hmm. with no kind of intent behind it suddenly i just put my identity in what i believe to be an accomplishment of my daughter and how much more is that relevant when you get older your kids in school they get in trouble they're in school they get straight a's they're in school they get c's or d's or they get into fights or whatever yeah they're good at sports they're terrible at sports and depending on how much value you put on all of those things you might be disappointed in your kid or you might put unnecessary pressure on your kid i think i think we see that all the time especially with uh with parents that they end up trying to live vicariously through their kids. Yep. So that value, it, 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 their identity is really wrapped up in their kids. Like mm-hmm. uh, like Lonzo Ball, if, if anybody knows who's that, who that is, that his, his LaVar Ball is a father of Lonzo Ball that was playing college and got drafted number two in the NBA. But this gentleman literally, like, his worth is his kids. He created this brand around oh, his yeah, three kids. Yeah, that's right. Went on Sports Center. Is selling his shoes for five hundred and something dollars. But literally, it's just like, yo, my kid can be anybody. My kid is my kids. My kids. My kids. And in a way, 
everybody's bashing him. A lot of people are bashing him because it's putting an expectation on his kids. But you can see how his identity is really in his kids and in that family life. And uh, in a way, it's commendable. In a way, we can learn something from that and say, you know, like I look at it in, in the opposite. And I'm saying like, hey, you're looking at this at this suburban father that wasn't from there and how many fathers do we have from the urban side of things where he came from actually there for their kids gloating and saying my kid my kid my kid and then let's take it a step further how many fathers take it that next step and create a company for them and create a future for them and create so i see it in a whole different view but you can see how what if his kid then this is my whole mindset is like dang but what if his kid doesn't do well and we that's the thing we don't know his heart we don't know his heart maybe he he's pushing the agenda so that his kids have a future Mm -hmm. and he's doing he's sacrificing himself tremendously so that he can give his kids what they need and then if they fail, he's like, it don't, it doesn't matter. I'm here. I'm he riding may. with you. And I love you. And if that's the case, right. then awesome. That's because amazing. His identity I'll shake his hand is right now. not wrapped in his kids as much as he just has a plan right. to take care of his seed, to right. take care of his kin and say, look, this is this is a part of my plan that I have while I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in in talking about identity, um, we I think we have an identity crisis in our culture today with a lot of the topics that we discussed before with so much information particularly social media you got kids getting bullied and they're going and killing themselves or they're shooting up schools because they're like oh this kid said this about me and and all these things and i mean just a side note like all this bullying and stuff like don't do this kids but just punch the bully in the face like don't do it don't do it all right please do not do this i'm just saying like the affirmative i'm just saying he's speaking in like like fam you know like i remember almost getting bullied in school and i was like you're gonna have to you have to do something physically to me and they just stop praise god to be in jujitsu quick yeah the moment she can tumble i mean i'm already having to tell my daughter chill because she's punched me in the face i'm like don't punch me in the face you know i'm bullying you i'm feeding you homie like um yeah no but but seriously um you know the bully bully bullying is totally unnecessary and and so we're getting so wrapped up in having a number of friends and number of followers and we get so wrapped up in in exactly that. You know, what does my picture look like? What does my family look like? Yeah. I need to make sure that my family's painted in, in a picture of perfection for mm-hmm. everyone to acknowledge. And, 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 and Which and, would be a fake identity. It's that fake. we're throwing up this facade of like, I'm a part of this group on in this social media and I I just posted this picture. Or yeah, or or from you know very easily. Oh, I go to this church mm-hmm. and this church yeah, is theologically yeah. sound. Your church ain't as theologically sound as mine. Got the best pastor. What pastor? What who? Huh? And I know? get that. I get that you want to like, <laughs> you know, you want to boast on your pastor, but, but I he's see, a I sinner see, yeah, in need of lot. grace, homie. <laughs> My pastor ain't no sinner. So many filters but no clarity. Man. Nah, but they be saying that. I mean, sure. you know, I see it all the time. Everybody. Shout There's out to Crosspoint Espanol, Pastor Miguel oh. Medina. You know what time it is. <laughs> Got him. Love him. <laughs> on point. Theology. Th- theology on point. If you need something, no, let me stop. No, it is though. But if when you <laughs> when you put so much focus on on those things, those things that they're good, they're not bad things. Everything that we're talking about, in one sense or another, could be used. Could be used for yeah. something that is amazingly good. But when you put so much emphasis and weight to where if it's taken from you or it's it's shattered, the example that we gave, and you just lose it. Yeah, you're gone. It's because your identity was wrapped in it. So we end up doing something where our identity now brings out a certain expectation. And with that expectation, we actually become certain things or do certain things. Like I will devote a certain amount of time to my Snapchat since we were talking about social media. And so that means that I need to make sure that when I wake up, I'm snapping, when I'm, I'm snapping what I had to eat, you know, 
chipotle with the tortilla on the side make sure you guys get get that the, tortilla. the tortilla is free on the side it's gee free. i didn't know that <laughs> this man takes me to chipotle and he's like you know you can get a tortilla on the side i was like for it's what why do i want that he's like bro it comes with it for free i was like nah yeah i go up to the lady mad nervous and i was like <laughs> can i get a tortilla on the side she was like sure I was like, oh, oh my God, this just right changed there. my life. This they physically changed my life. Heat it up, put it in its own foil, throw it. So then my identity later started to be, this, I get the tortilla on the side. This dude I don't know called me up and was like, Ivan, no joke. Like, it was becoming a part of his lunch identity <laughs> because he was like, I got to stop with the tortilla on the side. Because I was looking you at cats and I was like, yeah, I was looking at people. I was like, you don't get the tortilla on the side? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> Let me get his tortilla, please. Yo, yo, my brother, ask for a tortilla on the side real quick for me. <laughs> yo, it's free. It's free. It's free. <laughs> you want a dollar? Yeah, take it. Take it. Take it. But yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it I starts think, wrapping itself yeah. into what you do. You take time out to show who your identity is and, and to, and to offer it. Or you take time away if you're a lone body and, and that's really your identity is wrapped up into, into that. But why, why do you think that issue, the issue exists right now? Like, what do you think? I mean, personally, coming from experience, um, say, for example, before a year ago, I was I used to put the title as aspiring writer. And then it was one day where my agent basically came up to me and he was just like, you're not an aspiring writer. You are a writer. Mm. But I've never really measured it to that stance. So I always put it to I'm trying to reach to that or I'm trying to put myself into that image or identity in itself but i didn't know that because i was investing so much time because i was actually doing the craft itself i was not entirely sure who i was and the problem basically comes from stemming was we're always looking for something that defines us or mm. self-definition in itself we always ask what is it that defines us but we never really ask why it defines us mm. and the biggest part of that is where do i get my value everybody's fighting for rights everybody's fighting for you know yesterday or yesterday last week we talked about you know racism and part of that is the reason why there's an existence of racism is because we see less value in someone who doesn't look yep. like us who's not from our country who doesn't speak our language so it's more than just cultural barriers it's a value issue but when our value is wrapped up here on earth then it can be destroyed and dismantled and taken away or even the or even changed and all the time all yep. the time all the time it's vain. how good is your podcast how great is your podcast yeah, yeah, sound no. how many followers how many views did right. you get last our week? podcast still relevant are they not relevant yeah mm -hmm. you can get wrapped up but if it's here that crisis is is that we stopped as a people looking up mm-hmm and looking for our value in something that's outside of ourselves, outside of time, outside of space, outside of matter. And we started looking into those things, time, space, and matter to find what matters in our own life. And it can get destroyed. It, it fades so quickly who my president is. Well, that's not my president. And that's what you're wrapped up in. I would challenge everybody right now, anybody that has an Instagram, because Instagram's one of my favorite ones when I was thinking about this that you can do. If you have an Instagram account and you log into your Instagram right now. Right now, everybody I'm who's gonna, listening, do I'm it gonna right do it now. Real quick. So I'm logging into my Instagram. Instagram Physically, he's doing it live yeah, and watching them. Instagram allows you to put who you are underneath your name, right? So here's what I put as who I am. Atheist turned Christian, fashion, art, writer, philosophy, theism, CEO, I run my own race, outsider, and Psalm 27.1. So, re so that really does incorporate That's what I believe is who I am. It's a ton of stuff, though. That's I think it tells a story. I mean, as you were saying, I was like, dang, I'm tired. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Just as a side note, he forgot religion, man. Yeah, you didn't put the other, your other real identities. You know what I'm saying? Lord yeah, Swab. Yeah. But if we if we do this kind of Instagram challenge, you see that, you know, other people are showing their BA. They got a a, a bachelor's degree in in criminal justice. Amen. Uh, 
they they are the mother of a dog. So they their dog is their daughter or their son. Uh, they are going to go to the they're in competition for wellness and expiring wellness coaches and so they got a verse on the bottom 21 12 matthew but as you see this is really a challenge that instagram has really put out and it's really cool in my eyes to see but it's alarming how much it changes does your worth change and, and if it does, social media is one of the quickest ways for people to be able to see, dang, I'm not the same person you I was five years ago. But it is the truth. We are not the same people we were five years ago. But that doesn't mean that our identity has to change. Right. My function in my engagement in the world, the people I'm around, the things I'm 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 building, the things I'm inspired, aspiring changes. to do, those things will change but and go to next level right but does my value maybe my financial value changes mm -hmm. i think from when i was 20 years old to now i'll be 32 next month um my financial value had better change you yeah. know what i'm saying if, if if i'm making any headway in my career but that doesn't i don't take that with me mm -hmm. that money doesn't go with me when I'm, I'm, i could be gone tomorrow i could there, there's no stability there's no real insurance we could pay all the money we want in the world for medical, dental, car, home, health, life, whatever insurance you want to buy. There is no insurance, no guarantee that tomorrow is going to, to be present. And so, so yeah, so my identity, my value, who I really am, um, I know who I really am you're at night when you're, when you're in the dark, when nobody's around, when... When you're having those private conversations with your family, with your best friends, with your with your wife, mm -hmm. with your husband, and you're talking about your boss, you're talking about um, the neighbors, mm -hmm. you're you. That's who you, you really are. You, yeah. you, you're who you are is that person, and uh, yeah, background noise. I apologize for that. There's this dude that keeps driving around. Anyway, um, so <laughs> and my identity is in no. Uh, so if we if we're full of of that if we're full of this inconsistency and constantly changing then you know we lose sight of it um, John Calvin he gives a really uh, you know he has really good insight uh, when he says without the knowledge of God there's really no knowledge of self so in order for us to really know who we are we have to know who God is. We have to see ourselves in light of who God is in order to make any kind of headway in any direction of our life. To have grounding and to have, um, to have purpose, we have to understand who God is. There's just no way that we don't have a strong understanding of the manufacturer and, and knowing why I was created. So you have an iPhone, you have a computer. There's a specific function, there's a specific reason why something was designed. And without the understanding of why something was designed, then how do you really know its function? How do you really know what, what, what it is, what it does, what, you know, what the purpose is? What, you don't have a, a full understanding because you don't have the manual to reference. You don't have the manufacturer to reference to say, hey, what is this? Why was this made? It's just an iPhone laying on a table. And I'm, am I really gonna take this and throw it in a pond and see if it floats? Is that its purpose? It'll float, but it's not what it was designed to do. It was designed to do a myriad of things that unless we, we can explore it for a while, we can see certain things that it does, it but you won't use it to its potential. And I think that'll, that shows us that specific analogy that you're saying shows us that there's a problem as well with there's a problem as well with sorry you're standing up you got me we can just keep going you don't gotta stop it i know you'll be able to chop that up with what that's saying is that there's that there's also a problem with the value that we put 
in the question of where did we come from? So I really think that that's been dumbed down. Like, are we really asking ourselves where we come from? And if we've stopped to ask that, then all of our values and everything that we have as far as our identity is coming basically from ourselves. We're basically saying, I am generating my own value. I am the generating, I am the generator of my own self-worth. I'm the one that, that shows you the beginning and the end of who I am. And the problem is, is that we've stopped asking that question. You know, we've stopped asking where, where did I come from? Because if I did come from God, or if I did come from the ground, or, you know, then people would look into the ground to see what the ground is telling them. You know, how many layers do I have until I get to, but it tells a story of who I am. Then I look towards the Lord. I look towards God and, and, and see if he's left anything here for me. And then I'm now looking at it in a different lens. And now I'm getting my identity in something that's, that's not myself. Something that, in essence, is more transcendent than your 0 to 80, 0 to 100 years that you're going to have here. And, and that, I would say, is more healthy for someone as they're living than just saying, hey, I'm going to create everything myself. I, I, people have always wanted to be the master of their own destiny and all that stuff, right? Um. I think if we look at societies in general and how, if you want to call it the evolution of societies and look at today's culture, I think the response of today's culture relative to wanting to, you know, find identity in certain things or create our own identity essentially is what we're talking about here. I think it, it comes from being exhausted from having so many people tell us what to do. People are tired of you saying, Exactly what that, you know, parents putting unrealistic expectations or you have certain institutions that say, you know, especially today, the millennial generation, even though more millennials are going to college, it's kind of like, well, don't tell me to go to college. I go to college. I feel like going to college. Don't tell me what I need to study because I'm going to study what I feel like studying Mm -hmm. Um, and, and finding alternate ways to be what you would deem successful in society. Well, college college is now easier for finding people to go to. yeah like so you could do it at home you could do so people are just finding different means to do different things but before it was like so much pressure to do this and that now it's like well no you can't tell me to go just well now that you told me i'm not doing it now that you said i have to lose 20 pounds i'm not gonna lose 20 pounds i'm gonna eat more i'm gonna gain 40 how about that nice right or you tell me i'm too skinny all right well you know what i'm just keep getting skinnier you know what's what about that i don't nice. give i don't care and <laughs> Uh, you know, I think people just are sick of being told what to do. And as a result, sub, like some weird thing has happened where now people are just creating new identities that remove us from being human. Mm-hmm. I want to say like somewhere in the 60s when the theory of evolution is being taught seriously in schools, in public schools in particular, you saw this huge rise in in suicide rates, and suicide rates are continuing to rise. Um, and I don't have the accurate stats on me to reference it, but um, I think it, it it's attributed to the fact that if we're animals, yeah, people started seeing themselves as animals, not humans anymore. Right. So what's the difference? I'm an animal. What's the difference? There's absolutely no consequence, so it doesn't. There is. You have a relative mindset, so that if just because I'm stronger than you doesn't mean you need to necessarily survive or be around me anymore. Yeah. Or if I'm stronger, why don't I survive? I'm stronger. I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna do. But society's gonna lock you up because there's a sense of morality in society. Like it's just confused. Society is so confused. There's morality in one hand. And then there's let them go, and let them go, do whatever they want. In another hand, but whatever's going to have the financial benefit of whoever's the benefactor, that's where the route that we're going to go. It's a double standard throughout the whole. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, Most governments. I mean, this book, uh, it's called Doctrine. It's by uh, Jerry 
Brashears and Mark Driscoll. Um, in spite of any controversy that Mark Driscoll has had over the years, a lot of what he has written and what he's brought to um, to a lot of the discourses that are out there, uh, phenomenal work that he's done. Uh, in the chapter, chapter four, it talks about the image uh, that we have and, and the question that's posed in that chapter says, what does it mean to be human? And, I, and it's fascinating because he breaks down or they break down how society has gone from from this notion that we have to look within ourselves for value and worth and all of that to a place where psychology and all kinds of externals start to speak to who we need to be and where we need to be. Um, you know, here it says that question of what it means to be human has implications for seemingly every discipline from theology to psychology, history, biology, psychology, and the like. It is this doctrine that answers questions regarding how mankind is different from God the Creator and His creation. It also reveals why we can believe in such thing as compassion, equality. The truths uh, of the worldview simply cannot permit um, these things. And so, uh, in, in summary, and it's really, really good, uh, I would definitely suggest you guys uh, take a look at that book, but uh, he summarizes the implications here where it says, therefore, nearly millennia and a half transition from Augustine to present day has resulted in the commonly held belief that God does not save us for his glory and to make us part of his people, the church, to grow in holiness. Rather, we essentially save ourselves through loving and accepting ourselves and heeding the counsel of psychology. The ultimate goal of this is not that we would glorify God, but rather we would achieve our potential, experience our greatness, or in theological terms, live for our own glory as worshipers of ourselves, being all we can be, experiencing all we can experience, and doing all we can do. So ultimately, starting the reference point starting with myself, but then eventually getting the counsel of society to either approve or disprove what things we can do. And I think that's funny yeah. because I've talked to a lot of people telling me, well, God's not going to tell me what I can do or what I can't do, or he's not going to tell me who I am. I'm not going to allow him to tell me this. No one's telling me what I can or what I can't do. But you can push that away, but in the end, just like what you read, Mike, you're going to allow somebody to tell you who you are, what you're doing, how you're going to do it. It's going to happen eventually. As long as you're accepted. There's going to be a group created for you. Something. You're going to so fit you can feel yourself accepted. somewhere. Yeah, and we all do it. Everyone is guilty of of. Even if it's not a group, you create your one-man band by yourself. Dolo. What? Solo. Dolo. And then that ends up becoming the exact thing that you said you weren't going to allow to happen. So this crisis of identity, of who we are in the world, we can see is a crisis of how we look at who we are. So what lens are you really looking at yourself in? Am I looking at myself with a lens of I'm going to create my own? I'm my own God. I'm my own master. I'm going to master myself. Or am I looking at it from an external point of view where I'm taking myself out of the equation to find if there's something else other than myself? And I think both things are being used right now in our world. Uh, in both things, you can see that there there are good and bad within each of those two ways of finding out who you are. Uh, I know with the with the gender thing, that that's huge. I mean, there's there's Facebook just came out with um, I think it's 49 different genders, 58 new genders that you can type in on Facebook now. Um, 
agender, andro, androgyne, androgynous, bigender, cis, cisgender, cis female, male, cis man, cis women, cisgender female, cisgender male. I mean, 59 different genders. I have a PNG of, I remember back in the day, I just saw one symbol. And then they created like this double symbol where they added the male and the female symbol kind of like together. And, and that formed like some sort of transgender symbol, right? But I'm looking at a piece of paper right now that has like over 40 symbols that you can use to identify yourself with. Separating your gender from your sex or your gender which is your parts and and there's doctors that are even saying that even that can be changed so that doesn't tell you who you are and it's just the plague of that you yourself are going to tell yourself who you are yeah, i mean it's this it's a it's deceiving because in reality you can't you can remove all you want to remove and add you all you want to add but you know if uh if you're a dude and you removed and you took whatever pills you want go ahead and and try to compete in you know in some form of athletics and let the the naturally born woman you outrun them or you outbox them they're gonna be like wait wait wait, wait. this was a dude no unfair advantage or you know or in any other you know, direction that you want to go. Is there, is there some sort of like counter like identity that they're doing or that we do to ourselves when we do that? Like when you try to take a piece of who you were already created and you, let's say physically, um, someone loses an arm and now they, their, their identity now is being changed in a direction where I saw a man today walking without his right arm and his left leg while I was at lunch. And what I was sitting there thinking was hmm, his life, it's not his left and his right. I mean, his left and his left. It's like opposite, like even just that little change of that, his identity has probably changed because he took away or because something took away either one, um, pieces of himself physically so you have this emotional this physical and then this mental thing that we can change within our identity and does it truly change who you are or who you were i mean that situation definitely changes what he was capable of doing and and what he could pursue but it doesn't change him as a person it doesn't change him as a human being it doesn't change him as as someone who you know who can who can love who can be loved it doesn't change someone's worth because he doesn't have certain parts or you know what i'm saying like it, it, it's deceiving that we would look at that situation that maybe in that situation it was against his will maybe he yeah. did, maybe didn't want to maybe maybe it was stepped an on a landmine yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever uh-huh. and so as a result hence you have a situation where he is walking around in that way but very easily he can put in his mind i'm not human anymore mm-hmm. but he is he's a but person that's, that's what i'm talking about just because you sit in a garage or like we're doing sitting in a garage doesn't make us a car yeah, yeah. like we and that's what we're saying. We've allowed for the things as time, space, and matter here to, to basically tell us who our identity is. And if we don't use something that's more trans, that's more transcendent than that, then yes, the person that does take a body part from themselves and change it it will and it can affect their identity and and if something is taking away like in that gentleman it will and it can affect it can it may if he allows it 
But I've seen a man with no legs and no arms literally like still believe in himself and still say, I know who I am. How? Like, is that just sheer willpower that he has? Does he have more willpower? Because if it's as far as organs go, I have more than him. You know? Or is it the fact that his identity it was not in his arms, in his hands, and in the things that he planned on doing with those arms and his hands? Because he was still successful in life, in, in relative terms of success. But this man still did it. But no, that man had a transcendent belief in an identity that was given to him before he was born. You know, the Bible states that I knew you before you were formed and I formed you. That's uh, Psalms 139. Gonna look that up, boy. Yeah, I'm about to right now because I'm excited about that. I mean, even the the identity we try to put on to um, what do you got there? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. And there's a psalm that that matches that that right. you were wonderfully and beautifully made, and and he believed that and understood that. Wait, 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 like. It's not the plan that I have as far as my FICO score, not a plan that I have as far as like how I'm going to generate these degrees or not a plan that I have as far as how am I going to really hurt myself with drugs throughout my life or, or how am I really going to hurt my family and get back at them the way that they got back at me. It was none of those things or am I going to really be a man uh, even though I was born with women parts or, or how do I want the world to perceive me but it was more somebody that was not here in time space and man, ma matter created me was his belief and he told me that i'm this he told me that i'm royalty he told me that i i'm accepted he told me that i'm valuable beyond precious jewels and gold and in that triggered something in this man with no legs and no arms to continue to go and to continue to walk that no matter what you could take away from this dude you would never take away his identity can we say the same for ourselves like if god or if karma or if whatever it is that we want to call something that happens in our life if it was taken away could you still say when you look on your instagram that's still who I am or will it change I mean talking from personal experience you guys um know my testimony from the third episode escaping cults um I used to classify myself as magician so that was my identity in itself and when God removed everything in the sense I took it as a way as a lesson like a blessing that I became homeless I was basically finding who I was but it was basically him showing me or revealing who I truly am so it was as scripture states basically my old self died and then God or Christ himself we became an, I became a new creation the old passed away and I became something new I learned and found out that I was an image bearer so everything every little thing that I was starting to do the Holy Spirit started bearing the fruit so you could see that in my life as a part to Say, for example, my old beliefs, I was thinking New Age theology. I thought I was my own God itself, but yet I found out that he was my creator. He was my God. So I never really identified with that until God removed everything, removed the status, the title. And as I progress through life, so say, for example, even as a writer now, I don't really associate, my, associate myself. Say, for example, boom, I'm a writer. It's more of, yes, I write, but I'm still image like the image of god himself that he continuously makes new the spirit's telling me what to do spirits gives me the words gives me the image i can do only certain amount of things i'm not perfect but in him i have life like i'm dead completely it's christ who gives me life yeah yeah uh, and you know it, people can take that even to go the other way to say well 
you know, if he formed me, if he created me, and I'm created, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. So from the womb, he knew me, he stitched me, and he designed me exactly as I am. This struggle that I'm having with who I love, the struggle that I'm having with, um, with, with sin, the struggle that I'm having with my identity, knowing am, am I a man uh, in a woman's body? Am I, you know, they, they could take that to say, well, one of two ways, you know, either God made a mistake with me. Or they can say, well, God made me so that I would find my real self in the process of this life. And I mean, the reality is he made us exactly how he wanted us to be, but with the purposes that he formed us. So a great example is, um, you know, whenever we have any good gifts, we can corrupt them. We have a good gift of strength. We have a good gift of sexuality. We have a good gift of, uh, of being able to maybe make money, but we can use it in a corrupt way that does not glorify God, does not reflect his intent behind the creation. And maybe there's certain ways and certain things in which we struggle with, with perception. But instead of questioning God immediately, and instead of looking at our society first to say, man, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like I'm not this? Why do I feel like I, you know, I'm confused with this? Why do I, why do I, what is the norm this? Or why does biology say this? But yeah, I feel instead of creating something new that we think we're going to be accepted in, ultimately society saying, yeah, everything is good based on what they'll say it's good. Um, we need to go back to what is the original intent behind this thing. So if we're talking about families, what is the original intent behind a family? What is the original intent behind sex? What is the original intent about love? What does that mean? Where does that come from? What are the different layers of love? The different, just cause I love you guys at the table. I love you guys. Like I literally love you guys, but you know, it's it's a different type of love than the love I have for my wife. It's a different type of love than I have for my daughter. It's a different because there's an intent behind the type of love that I need to have for my family. There's a different type of love that I need to have with the love I have for you guys or the people listening. There's a different purpose. There's a different design between with those different layers. And so when we don't understand that, when we when we have this, you know, we start to create our own definitions of what we think of what we want it to be, we're going to be super confused, which is exactly what our society is right now. It's exactly what we are. And I'm not devoid of that confusion. You know, I, I've, I've, and I continue at times to have uh, doubts. Scripture talks plainly about the disciples, many disciples having doubts. When you're going through persecution, when you're getting questioned, when there's no answers, when you're going through struggle, you're going to have doubts. But does it mean that that God is wrong or that you've been influenced in such a way that now the the evil that is what we've been talking about for the last number of weeks is influencing us, is bringing us to a place that we don't need to be? And so, um, you know, I love in in psalm 8 verse 4 the question is asked you know uh who is who is man that you would be mindful of us like who am i god that you would be mindful of me in such a way that that um you know regardless of who i am regardless of the things that i've done you would present christ as a sacrifice for my sin that you would your wrath would be satisfied against all of my rebellion and all these ideas that I create in my head uh, of being something that uh, that I'm not. To believe the evil one, to believe in in uh, in the questioning of, of of you, you would still be mindful of me as such that you would love me, that you would that you would satisfy your wrath with the sacrifice of Jesus, and that you would call me your own. That's crazy. It's crazy why he would do that. There's no reason why he would do that, except 
he's operating outside of us. He's operating outside of what it means to to be relative. He's constant. He's always he is consistent. He is he is he is never changes. And we need that. In a society that changes every moment, every second, your status, your identity, your value changes at the drop of a dime. We need that reference point that does not change, that is consistent, that is infinitely valuable, that is priceless in order to give us any hope that we have any direction in this life to move forward and, and live and build. The gentleman that created the Narnia had a, uh, a quote. C.S. Lewis. Those are my background singers. Uh, <laughs> C.S. And he said, if, uh, if God is not real, then there is no implications. Zero. If he's not, he's not real at all. There's zero implications. But if he is, if God is real, then the implications are eternal. And so I would challenge everyone to to look into what we're saying as far as the Lord and as far as that he is never changing. And with that, we can use that throughout our walk and our identity. And like Mike was saying, every single day something hits you and something attacks you and it vicariously is attacking your identity and your identity is being put to the test in what you see in yourself and who you see you who you see you yourself as and the Lord is able to put something there and he really puts his son Christ in front of that and says, well, my identity is no longer in myself, but it's in Christ. So as these things come in our life, they start hitting Christ. And then he turns around and says, don't even worry about it. My grace is sufficient enough for all these issues. It's sufficient enough for all these problems, for all the things that you have, all the questions that you have, all the things that, that, that we may see as, as problem makers, as bridge destroyers in this island of our identity. He says, it's okay. I got these. And so, uh, yeah, take a look at your identity, man. This, this stuff is tough. This topic is tough. There is no, there is no one way to, to speak about this topic. Um, and I just pray that you guys would, uh, would message us on, on Facebook, would message us on Facebook, um, that you guys can uh, can message us. What are we up on right now? Facebook, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, SoundCloud, SoundCloud iTunes. iTunes, any one of those places, message us. Or Let email us. us at, email uh, us. Proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. With whatever. If you don't like what we said, I need to know that. Like, I want to hear that. We'll comment back. Uh, we'll, we'll try to see if we can bring it up in another episode. But we definitely, we're just here to bring up a conversation to bring up conversations so so um definitely hit us up in any of those spots we want to give our our uh, our sponsors uh, a call out matthew movement matthewmovement.com check out their clothing uh clothing with a purpose where would you believe um right now we're sweating in i'm not even going to call this mike's house i'm going to call this the sweat box this is bad is we're sweating up in here, but but Gio's not sweating. Gio is chilling. He is sweating. I can I'm see sweating. that glisten <laughs> on his head know. right Gio's now. He's chilling. Look at him. He's it, it's because he got a new haircut. He cut off all his hair. Yeah, he That's did. True. So it's breathing right now. Not only that, but he got the key. He got the key sword on him. The keyblade. The keyblade. I only played the first version of that game. I have no idea what y'all talking about. <laughs> I thought Zelda a was necklace. the no, main character. So come on, fam. No, no, no. That's uh, Kingdom of Hearts. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned, man. We got one every week for you. We took a little sabbatical, a little break. 
uh, for one week, but we will be coming at you guys every single week. As always, man, proof beyond reason. You know what time it is.